Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. Well, we step back into the world of Exodus today, and perhaps it feels... Uh, perhaps it feels as relentless and exhausting as this last week has in our election cycle. And I didn't exactly, I was sharing with, uh, with Pastor David Shirey from Central Christian, who's uh, sitting on the lawn this morning. I didn't exactly, David, as I shared with you, didn't exactly line up the political calendar with the preaching calendar, or else I would have realized that the plague of blood was probably not the most comforting of post-election sermon material. Whatever your partisan persuasion might be. And yet, uh, even so, I'm convinced that whenever we turn to Scripture, whenever we open up the text and begin to open ourselves to God's Spirit in the midst of it, there remains something, even in these wild and strange biblical passages, for us to find that both comfort and challenge us, that clarify and inspire purpose in us. And for me, with this passage, it hinges on this question. What does a river mean? Well, let's read from Exodus chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the river bank to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile and it shall be turned to blood. The fish in the river shall die. The river itself shall and the Egyptians shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, and its ponds, and all the pools of water, so that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river, and all the water in the river was turned into blood, and the fish in the river died. The river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and there was blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, but the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians had to dig along the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink the water of the river. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the Nile. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, it's easy to see the plagues that befall Egypt as sudden and strange eruptions of disorienting divine power. It's easy to see the plagues as punishments for Pharaoh or as intense negotiating tactics meant to shake loose Pharaoh's recalcitrance. It's easy to see the plagues as just randomly chosen theological spectacles. But I wonder... 
I wonder if that misses out on what is really going on. Sometimes, things become so obviously what they already are that only then does everyone finally see it. I don't think the miracle was that the Nile was turned to blood. I think that the miracle was that everyone finally could see it. I know it was nine sermons ago, seven chapters ago, but do you remember what happened in Exodus chapter one? Pharaoh, by way of recap, noticed a people in his kingdom called the Hebrews, people who were growing strong in number and who might be a political threat. Pharaoh sees a great opportunity to exploit the labor of the Hebrews for economic gain and senses that he could, he could easily create national unity and a kind of racist disdain and brutal dehumanization of the Hebrew people. So, so he enslaves them. And then orders, then orders all of the Hebrew baby boys, what? Thrown into the Nile River. What does a river mean? For the Hebrew parents standing on the banks of the Nile, children ripped from their hands never to be seen again, grieving in shock, devastated by the racist cruelty and callousness of Pharaoh, the river meant death. It already ran with blood. For them, the Nile doesn't need to be turned to blood. That is already what it is. It's just that so many others turned away, ignored it, Pretended it wasn't the case, didn't see the blood, didn't need to see the blood, benefited from the blood. That is, until the day the river became so obviously what it already was for the brutalized and ignored blood. The stench of death, a toxic flow of cruelty and hate. Of course, the everyday Egyptian people were now drawn into the disaster of the Nile in an unavoidable way. The blood now impacted them in a way they couldn't ignore. There was no water to irrigate the crops. There was no water to get a drink, and it was perilous and stinky to travel this once highly trafficked waterway. The toxic flow of cruelty and hate eventually poisons every heart, destroys life, even those lives who actively try to ignore it, even those who seem to benefit from it, everyone loses. As Christ himself demonstrates, stepping courageously toward the cross with every act of healing and wholeness and dignifying of the beaten down and the inclusion of the rejected, only standing up in love has any chance. Only speaking boldly for the freedom of others and the well-being of everyone will ever finally change anything. What does a river mean? It means that only when we see things for what they really are can we see the God who wants to love us into new life. In Egypt, the Nile River connected the kingdom all together. It was a transportation route that knit together the entire kingdom. The Nile River was the source of water for crops that made Egypt the breadbasket of the ancient world. The Nile River was a symbol of Egyptian power, strength, and authority. It was long known that whoever controlled the Nile controlled Egypt. The Nile, of course, was then associated with many Egyptian gods, including Osiris, the god of life and death, the god of agriculture, the god who lived beneath the Nile, and whose blood Osiris's blood caused the Nile to flow and rise and flood and create the fertile land the Egyptians needed for crops. 
The plague of blood was no sudden or random event. No, the Nile became what it already was. Bloody and stinking of death. Only it wasn't Osiris that was in control. It wasn't Egypt's power that was reinforced by this moment, but instead a greater power that exposes destructiveness for what it is and for what it will continue to be if things don't change. I think what happens to the, in the Nile is not too far off from what happens with Pharaoh's own heart. God doesn't harden Pharaoh's heart. God exposes the callous cruelty that Pharaoh's heart already harbored. Indeed, in a telling moment, we see Pharaoh repeating, repeating the, the, blood, the plague of blood with his magicians. See you guys? I can do that too. Right? That's the point. It was already done with the lives of the Hebrews and you're unafraid to do it again. Even if this time more than just the Hebrews suffer. Even if the toxic power destroys the Egyptian people too. It's no surprise that Pharaoh refused to listen. Listening is impossible when we already have our minds closed up and our hearts calloused over, when we mistakenly think that we already know how things will turn out. What does a river mean? For Pharaoh, it means power, control, authority at any cost, even every cost. For God, it means so exposing the truth that it might finally set people free. What does a river mean? For South Elkhorn Christian Church, it means openness, not closing ourselves off. Our church is named for a flowing river just behind me, just down the way, right down here, the South Elkhorn Creek. That water inspired our vision team to think about what keeps the deeper way of God's love in Christ moving among us and through us. That movement is carried by the values of extravagant welcome, real rest, spiritual resilience, contagious joy, and courageous conversation. And the vision team thought about how this flow of Christ's deeper way of love winds, <laughs> winds its way from tributary to tributary to wider river to ever wider river and eventually emptying in the vast open waters of the sea. This deeper way leads to a vast openness that can be seen in the church, in you and me, in people with an open heart, with open eyes, with open hands in people with open arms and importantly, open ears. The waters of Christ's deeper way will shape us into a listening people. Pharaoh, fed by the toxic waters of cruelty, hate, and the attempt to close himself off and secure his own ultimate power, did the exact opposite. Made the Hebrew people into a demonized them there is no extravagant welcome, only exclusion and exploitation. Pharaoh worked the Hebrew people into exhaustion. They had no real rest. Pharaoh starved and turned the people against one another, undercutting their spiritual resilience and hope for a different future. Pharaoh crushed their joy and made the people fearful to speak courageously about what was really going on to them. But God was at work welcoming the cries of the enslaved 
resting them in God's own presence and the emergence of a new leader, returning their resilience, giving them courage to finally stand with Moses and Aaron in confronting and exposing the cruelty of Pharaoh and sparking joy in the possibility of a new future. What does a river mean? Well, that's for us to decide. And I don't think the water must lead to, to death and destruction. I think the water can mean Christ's deeper way of love, a way that leads to a vast and beautiful openness in us where new life is not only possible, but born into the world through us again. Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture and message.